Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Support for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming, have a fourth generation performance package absolutely has been changing the grooming game along with their refined body wash to round out your hygiene routine, Josh. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FEARSCAPED to make sure your guys are as smooth as a body wash bottle <laughs> well and i don't know if you smelled the manscape refined body wash but it is an amazing scent i'm gonna say oh the ladies love it i was at the grocery store and somebody was like mm, who is that man that smells smooth as body wash bottles <laughs> and i was like that is me keeps you smelling clean uh for for a long time and like not like normal soap where it like kind of wears off and like an hour later your wife or your or your lady friend or your spouse or whatever is like did you did you shower? Are you sure you showered? Right. Um, and so, yeah. uh, to even seal the deal, get Manscaped's liquid formulations, their crop preserver, ball deodorant for before leaving the house, and the crop reviver ball toner for the mid-game ball check. Trust me when I say, fellas, your balls will be saying thank you. And this goes so well together with that body wash. And Manscaped will even throw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0. The Manscaped boxers, which, oh my God, do we love those? Yep. And the shed travel bag, which brings your comfort and boxers to another level. So get 20% off free shipping with code Fearscape at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with code Fearscape at manscaped.com. M A N S C A P E D.com. Keep your balls trimmed, fresh, and clean with Manscaped. Smooth as body wash. Thank you for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe. We invite you to join us on this journey into the unknown. to another frightening episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stephen Gerhardt, and I have a cold. That's why I can do the sweet, deep DJ voice of your dreams. And I am joined, as always, by the non-sexy DJ voiced guy, Josh Rutledge, my co-host. How are you, sir? Well, I'm doing fantastic. When I have a cold, my voice goes the other way. <laughs> that'd be awful <laughs> that would be awful <laughs> and and kind of cool at the same time and, yeah we like 
would it affect people differently? That would be horrible. I know. Um, well, we got a really cool show tonight. We're going to be getting spooky with author Trey Hudson. Trey is the current director of the Oxford Paranormal Society and the Anomalous Studies and Observation Group. Uh, he's from Atlanta, but the reason we got him on here is for the book that he's recently written. He is an author. He's written The Meadow Project, uh, Explorations into the South's Skinwalker Ranch. Now, that's a bold claim. That is a bold claim. Bold uh, claim. But uh, also, um, he was a, he's a MUFON investigator, too. I saw that. Like, he was, in 2019, he was voted the MUFON investigator of the year. Interesting. But that's, but sorry, Shane. I, Shane Hurd, I, you know, I just expect it to be you every year, but... <laughs> I guess it's not. Uh, looks like he um, has done quite a bit of stuff over the years, working with the military, working with the government and things like that. So we're pretty excited to be talking to yep. uh, Mr. Trey Hudson. Uh, but before we get to that, let's get into some uh, announcements, as we usually do. I want to remind everyone, of course, to, uh, you know, get out there, like, share, rate, review, uh, just drop a couple stars onto iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It really, yeah. drop a review, really helps uh, get our podcast um, a little further. A little recognition never goes a long way. You know? That's right. Um, also, we want to remind you guys to uh, get to our Patreon page. Uh, you can go to that via fearscapepodcast.com slash support or patreon.com slash fearscapepod. Become a blanket hugger. Check out all the cool crap we've got going on there. And I mean crap in the good way, not in the bad way. Yeah, and if you're like, you know, you like the show, but you're not on like the Patreon level like of the show, like you, you like you love us, but you're like, I just don't know if I can commit to a monthly charge. You can also go to buymeacoffee.com slash fearscape and just drop us a couple extra bucks. Every little bit counts. Yeah, absolutely. It all helps us travel um, and all that fun 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 stuff um i know last week i believe we had talked about how we had been to the mid-america paracon but the one thing we didn't talk about was the things that we did after the paracon and we're going to be talking about that tonight and i don't want to give that away we're going to be getting into that into some creepy ketchup so it's going to be awesome sauce i'm just letting you know oh 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 i'm back hello ladies and gentlemen uh so let's get into our first segment of the week of course which is the psychic word of the week and now the psychic word of the week all right psychic word of the week comes from the encyclopedic psychic dictionary from dr june g bletzer rest in peace honey bear uh josh i flipped through the pages and i actually stopped pretty quickly this time and uh landed on page 173 and uh i landed across a term called divine intoxication divine intoxication that's, that's when you get drunk on the uh communal wine as i was gonna say is that i'm a catholic um when we were altar boys we made <laughs> drink some communion wine at 10 years old um Anyways, this says uh, to receive a mass of enfolding psychic experiences within a short time, resulting in a spiritual upliftment brought on deliberately or occurs without a consciously known reason. For example, to be flooded with vivid dreams each night, to become entranced with the awe and the beauty and the accuracy of the psychic experiences, divine intoxication. So just so essentially to be enamored by 
yeah. having psychic experiences is what so it seems I, like. I think I've probably had one of those uh, like a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I'm this is not <laughs> no bullshit here, but um, like a couple of nights in a row, I'd had uh, a couple of just very vivid, intense dreams. Um, and then one night I happened to walk outside and it was like a moonlit night. It was a full moon. And I was just, it was just high on life, man, just high on life. And I just, just like, yeah, it was just, you know, and a, the best I can explain it is just I was uh, overwhelmed with the uh, with the psychic power. I don't yeah, know the same would be for me when we were in Somerset after my hypnotherapy session. Yeah. You know, one of the things Santosh did was, hey, this was a stressful experience. I want you to feel good. And so he pumped a lot of Reiki and a lot of good energy uh, into my psyche. And I mean, man, for like three hours, I was high on life, dude. I, w- I yeah. had divine intoxication so to speak. there you go uh, also i would like to point out how jealous i am because i was raised uh, southern baptist and our communal wine uh was grape juice it was grape so. juice and you know it wasn't even no welch's either it was that dollar store grape juice it was like dan's yeah. grape juice G- gfs as well <laughs> oh well D- gfs is pretty good it's just you know, when you get down to the dollar store and it's dan's dan dan just doesn't have very good grape juice just wanted to point that out sorry dan i know you're out there yeah Um, sorry about that dan it's more like grape water um grape water (laughs) grape drink get that grape drink no bitches i want sunny d (laughs) (laughs) not a sponsor (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so uh anyways yeah there's that so let's go ahead and move on uh let's get to our next segment uh which is some spooky news i have some uh some dark spooky news Uh, all right, so spooky news. Uh, this this week's story comes from uh, the Mirror in uh, the UK. There, uh, the headline reads: "Handwritten letters blaming Satan for causing COVID pandemic are delivered to homes." <laughs> yeah, people. All right, uh, yeah. people were left bemused and concerned when handwritten notes from Jehovah's Witnesses were posted through their doors claiming Satan was to blame for COVID. Boy, I'm already thinking Kenneth Copeland. I wasn't even expecting the Jehovah's Witnesses. I mean, little did they know it was actually a pan ritual. Hashtag too soon, Josh. Hashtag too soon. Um, Residents have been left worried after these letters that blamed Satan were delivered to their homes. A series of letters, one of which blames the coronavirus pandemic and natural disasters on Satan, have been landing on doormats around Sutton Coalfield near Birmingham in the United Kingdom, causing surprise and concern. The handwritten notes were addressed to homes around the town, with one recipient, Justin Tews, uh, at first confused on to why he should receive one. Uh, But he was then worried about the tone which he felt could affect the vulnerable interesting Hmm. Uh, the letter he received was sent from a woman in the town whose name has not been disclosed and starts in a friendly manner it says dear neighbor my name is redacted uh i live in your that's an odd name well it's not a real one josh it's a redacted name that we're using the word redacted to represent ah, redacted name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I am writing to my neighbors to share positive hope for the future because fear tactics always create positive. Okay, uh, it then swiftly it then swiftly moves on to the COVID pandemic 
and natural disasters, which have occurred in the past 18 to 24 months. And then she blames Satan for them. Uh, the letter states over the past 18 months, events around the world have seemed to uh, escalate from the pandemic to wildfires to flash floods and humanitarian challenges. This has led to many people wondering if there is a God. Why does he allow such suffering? Well, from the study of my Bible, I have learned that God is not responsible for bad things that happen to us. In the Bible, uh, book of John, uh, chapter 5, verse 18, it explains that the whole world is lying in the power of the wicked one, and that wicked one is Satan, an invisible spirit who rebelled against God. Oh, sorry, my Southern Baptist roots were also. Yeah, really, out. you got, got full on. I was like, where's the sorry. snakes at? You're going to start dancing. I, I could be a preacher, too. I'll read the next line. However, the good news is that the God has promised exciting changes for the near future. He is going to end suffering and make life on earth a delight for us. <laughs> Thank you, Jersey Devil, but your dad's kind of the devil. Yeah, I mean, it's a That name, is right? unproven. He has never sent a child support check. There's nothing on record. Okay. I did appreciate your preaching, though. It was almost better than mine. Um, It then urges anyone wanting to find out more to respond to the letter by visiting the Jehovah's Witnesses website. Um, I mean, it's kind of like those those pamphlets that write the people get out like, you know, you're going to burn in hell. Yeah, the tract, the uh, the trick, 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 trick. Tick tracks, I think, are what they're called, or or something like that. Named for uh, a guy with the last name Ticker, Tactor, Trickter. I don't, I don't know. A theologian would know. Um, but Justin, the guy that we had talked about earlier, uh, raised concern about the letter after having uh, himself suffered a brain aneurysm. Uh, the fifty-year-old said, "I found it a bit strange. It's a bit weird. A random letter off a random person that I have never met. And at first, I thought it was from somebody I knew. Are they writing to help me? I did just have a brain aneurysm. I mean, I don't mind people preaching." It's up to them. But when a random letter then mentions Satan, the pandemic and wildfires, I guess I didn't totally understand what it was. I mean, if somebody's going through the issues I'm going through, the vulnerable, it could affect them. Um, and yeah, and so uh, just really, really interesting. Um, it, it does kind of come out to the bottom. Justin states to kind of wrap this up. He says, Jehovah's Witnesses are motivated by love of neighbors when reaching out to people uh, and offering comfort to them from the Bible. So well, it, 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 you know, I don't mean to offend any uh, Jehovah Witnesses out there, but this sounds more like a uh, a um, uh, American-based, uh, uh, you know, what's what's the group that what do you, what do you all do you and the theologian Christian nationalists? Yeah, the Christian nationalists the sounds like one of their tacti- tactics more than Jehovah. I mean, I've never had a. Well, I've I mean, had- the Jehovah's Witnesses are kind of uh, you know the OG going door to door. Um, well, yeah, but I've never had like I've I've talked to some Jehovah Witnesses before, and I've never I've never felt like they were gonna attack me. I know, or, same, yeah, me neither. Um, I don't know. Very interesting, though. But yeah, so uh, uh, some people are getting scared because you know, just like I said, there's some older people that uh, may mm-hmm. be afraid that Satan is coming for them. Satan is not coming for them. I know. One, two, Satan's coming Coming for for you. you. Three, four, yep. Um, So, yeah, but very interesting out there. Hey, Jehovah's Witnesses, we love you. We love what you're doing. I mean, you know, teach their own, but leave leave the people alone. Don't try try scaring them. You know, whatever floats your goat, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, And I'm still a little crusty that because of you, Prince is dead because he wouldn't have blood transfusions because he was a Jehovah's Witness. 
But if he was a Scientologist, no, it still wouldn't have worked. It still wouldn't no, no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just mad. Um, but anyways, sad that we lost <laughs> Prince. Uh, anyways, well, let's get moving on to yeah. our uh, final segment of the evening, which is creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy. Oh, uh, yeah. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, back at uh, Creepy Ketchup. Uh, we're going to be talking about some creepy ketchup that we actually got to share together, though I know, Josh, you have some on your own. So I kind of want you to go ahead and share yours first before we get into the duality of our creepy ketchup. Well, so so you have some, right, that is in addition to the duality, the, th- the thing you saw at my house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, this is also true. Yep. So I don't know. It's chronologically speaking, I saw a roach. This man don't. He just lets him run. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's like Joe's apartment, right? Roaches. Um, yeah. I'll quickly say mine. When I was over at your house, I stayed. Uh, I stayed with Josh for the weekend. I was in Kentucky for the um, for that old festival conference convention. That's the word I'm yeah. looking for. Uh, the convention there. And uh, while I was there, I was playing. I had my Nintendo Switch. Uh, not a sponsor. And uh, while I was there, I um, just happened out of the corner of my eye, see this white figure just floating on behind the couch to the right of me. Um, I didn't feel any ill will, um, kind of, you know, like heard a paper move, you know, the cats were over to the left of me on the couch, so I knew it wasn't the cats. Um, so yeah, I, you know, like I said, felt good. I just kind of had a feeling it was probably, you know, uh, Kristen's Grams, you know, was yeah. my opinion. And I think yours too. It was kind yep. of a nice experience. I, like I said, didn't feel anything. I was just kind of like, hey. Yeah. So, and it, and it uh, kind of leads to the things that I've seen uh, since you were here that weekend. So, number one, um, I have the updated version of the SB7 Spirit Box. And I gave you, you remember, I gave you my, my other one. So, yep. the updated version has a red backlit screen instead of a blue backlit screen. It's supposed to be easier on your eyes at night. And then it also has. Um, it, kind of like a ghost box. It has a temperature light, so it's got a little light on the front that'll kind of blink red and blue. If it, you know, change in temperature, it gets close to it. So come home from our all of our antics, like you know, earlier in the week. I've got it. Uh, all the stuff is still kind of in my bag on the um, at on the floor at the end of the bed, and we just kind of start hearing this random like high pitched beep and it kind of goes for like a little bit and then it stops and we hear it a couple times and then we you know I just kind of ignore it and I go on to sleep so then the next day I'm here I hear it again randomly hear it again uh, try to find it a little bit find you know trace the sound to my bag pull out that SB7 and it's lighting up like a Christmas tree so I'm like well that's weird like, well maybe it was down in the bag and like something you know bumped up against it or the fact that it was in the bag. So I got it out and I set it up on the chest. Uh, my, my chest my, is it chest of drawers or Chester drawers? I don't know. Whichever. Chest of drawers. There's <laughs> not a man named Chester drawers. So anyways, I set it up on top of there and um, Kristen goes to go to bed last night. She's like, I'm going to need you to go back in your room and turn off that little spirit box because it is going crazy. And, the, and it was. It was like I walked in there and it was like all lit up and just, just again, sparkling like a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. 
and so i couldn't figure out how to turn it off i ended up just taking the battery out of it but um so that's one thing another thing is i've seen um today i was like because i work at home i was up walking on a meeting i was like walking back and forth in the, in how the do you walk the, on a meeting i you know i got the headphones on i'm on a meeting but i'm also walking uh, i thought you're walking meeting. on a meeting no no but anyway so i'm walking back and forth in my living room and out of the corner of my eye i see a, a dark shadow walk past like from the living room down the hallway barnabas collins so Kristen was working in there she was so anyways um i've seen a dark figure walk around um and uh i've heard some shuffling of papers um and i think that's probably about it so anyway so that's my that's my non what happened after the con creepy ketchup Cool, cool, cool. Um, well, it is definitely the season. Um, so Friday night, so I had no sleep, essentially, to kind of set the story. Uh, my plane left at midnight um, on Thursday night, and I got in early. I didn't get any sleep uh, at all that night. And then we had a full day that day, and then we decided we were going to do a ghost hunt that night. <laughs> so I was essentially up for about 48 hours. <laughs> So, so what you're telling me is anything you experienced is incorrect. Yeah, incorrect. Um, But one of the places I had always wanted to go ever since way back in the day when we covered the witch's castle was the witch's castle. Um, And if you have not heard that episode, uh, you can go back and listen to that. We also cover the uh, murder of Shonda Sharer, which um, the witch's castle uh, plays very heavily in that murder and that story. That was one of the locations they went to and is thought to have tortured her. Um, But we wanted to go there because it has a rich history outside of that as well and it's just this amazing house and chapel it was built in the 1800s uh that got burnt down years ago and they just never did anything with it it's like this cobblestone home and i mean it's just absolutely incredible it's It's just in the middle of the woods and like you know whether you uh believe it or not i mean the the history and lore that's associated with the area you know dates back to a period of time when there were uh, white people on the continent before Christopher Columbus um, and, and all that jazz. So, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of uh, rich history, you know, whether or not it could be proven or not. Right. Yeah. Rich, Part of the reason why the guy built this place was he believed it was already sacred ground. I can't think yeah. of what the man's name is. Uh, that Maddox. he was obs- Maddox. Um, was that the guy that built it or the guy he was obsessed with? That's the guy he was obsessed with. Yeah. So this guy Maddox was supposed to be the Scottish um, explorer that supposedly had came to the Americas uh, in the 1100s and had like just found all these like sacred spaces that even the Native Americans didn't find supposedly. Yeah. And I'm sure rich in quartz or something along those lines, like the stuff we know now. But anyways, this guy that built this home, he was obsessed with the tale of Maddox. And he believed after all this research, he had found a spot that was considered one of the sacred sites. And so he built his home and chapel on this site. And that's where we went. It's in Utica, Indiana, right along the river there um, across from Louisville. Um, And it's just it was way cooler than I yeah. thought it was going to be. We went out there. Uh, your brother Stuart went out with us. Lance from Misters of the Dark and our very good friend Victoria 
came out there with us and we had one hell of a good time man yeah <laughs> i mean I, I saw a spider the size of like a baseball I mean, it was incredible yeah it was really the size of a dime but he was so scared he couldn't even climb the dang old rock i'm like I come climbed- on man i'm scared of spiders too but come on we got to go if you would have seen it if you would have seen it <laughs> yeah if you would have seen it i'll tell you what it was gonna bite my head off man um, but no this place was really really cool we actually got some cool footage too using the psionics the night vision camera got lots of fun pictures um well we found the main area which was already spooky i mean it's yeah. already spooky because you know that's the, the house right yeah you know the history you know all that stuff it's extra spooky um but we wanted to find the chapel like that was like the thing man yeah like that was a thing so we're exploring because we have no idea we were not prepared it was and very over very overgrown very overgrown only people that's got a flashlight is josh i mean all of us just have cell phone lights well i came prepared i'm a boy scout. Yeah. what do you say you know and uh so we're sending lance because he's the littlest we're sending him up all kinds of hills checking stuff out because there's foundation everywhere i mean this house was massive but most of it is just foundation um, so we're like, it's got to be up this way. It's got to be up this way. It's got to be up this way. And like, we're finding where like, there's these leaky little uh, streams from like underground water sources. So like the ground's wet in certain places. We're like, we can't climb up that way. Well, eventually we find the chapel and it's amazing. I mean, it's not very large at all. I mean, it held the five of us and not much more room than that. There Four. was uh, someone had ritualistic stuff up there uh, already. I couldn't tell if it was like ill intent ritualistic stuff or just like basic pagan stuff. But I mean, of course, like Satan's carved all over everything. Six, six, yeah. six everywhere because it's the witch's castle. Well, there was that weird Bowser painting on the back. Yeah, it looked like Bowser from uh, from Mario, um, as my dad says it. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. And so I was like, ooh, let's let's create a, a circle i'm pagan i yeah. was like i want us to be safe because your brother Stuart was already kind of freaking out yeah he was already freaking out a little bit he's already freaking out he's like i don't i just think maybe we should go i was like maybe 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 you know i'll just say i mean this is neat but you know let's go and i'm like no we are drawing a circle and we're going to talk to some spirits and so we decided to try out the necrophonic app and um we got that sucker going and we asked some questions which all of this is on video and um we got some really cool stuff i mean questions were being answered correctly um yeah. even stewart's name got mentioned um yeah, well, it, right after he felt something grab him like well, it was it was like uh one of you've been here before and then we thought we heard it say Stuart, and then and then we said and then it, went, and it heard and we heard unburton unburton shirt which which Stuart was wearing an unbuttoned shirt yeah so yeah and so it said Stuart, then unbuttoned shirt and he's like okay guys if you guys want to go we can go now <laughs> um, but, which uh, he tried but, to totally deny in the car ride home which was hilarious totally but hilarious. yeah i mean we got you know some warnings of like you know to leave the chapel and like mm-hmm. something talks about some different yeah. uh deaths that had happened yeah. there someone got pushed down a hill yeah. Um, and a number of deaths ha- have happened there, yeah. uh, you know, and one of the things that kind of really made it seem a little bit more legit to me was that there was nothing about Shonda Shear. And I was like, yeah. if, man, if this stuff comes up, well, I'm going to be like, get out of here. You know what also is I find interesting? I was thinking about after the fact is that's also like that that area sits on the backside of an active quarry. So, or it was an active quarry once upon a time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it could be that. You know, we, we were even talking to people who had died as a part of that quarry. So, but I mean, uh, hell, but, people building the house could have died. I mean, there's, yeah. but there was something else that happened before we even got up on the hill. Hmm. 
we saw that weird UFO thing again that went around. Oh yeah, went oh. around uh, Jupiter, and then started shooting. And, and this time, though, me, you saw it, and Lance, and Victoria, and Stuart, mm-hmm. we all saw it. Yeah, this time it wasn't Jupiter though. You looked it up and said it was a star. Arcturus. Arcturus. Arcturus yeah. yeah, that happened, and then we heard things in the woods near us and then like um when we were in there the necrophonic app did say like things were watching us um and that's part of the lore there is that when you're in the chapel things will stare at you through the windows um we definitely felt that for sure it was definitely super creepy it was fun though oh it was an absolute blast man um and then of course we did it. Uh, I did an improv show back at the Bardstown, and I saw my favorite lady ghost in the back. Just felt her walking by. Hey, lady! I, hey, lady! I saw a ghost cat at the Bardstown. Ghost? Yep, you saw a ghost cat. Um, so uh, my Ninja Turtles bandana disappeared. Uh, Victoria has gone back and looked for it. She cannot find it, and I think it it got sacrificed to the spirits <laughs> <out> there. <laughs> so, but it was a good time, man. Um, lots of fun. Just that whole that whole evening was just filled with eeriness, spookiness. All of us kind of getting each other and laughing yeah. and being scared and not knowing where we are in the dark and just just a lot of fun. Um, yeah. What an amazing experience. It, it was probably one of my favorite ghost hunts I've ever been on. Um, just an absolute blast because there was so much just exploring going on. Yeah. And it's pitch. I mean, it's black dark. I mean, it was so. Yeah. It was like a new moon. So there was, there was like, yeah, no moon, no out. moon at all. Um, but yeah, did you have anything else, Josh? Just one last thing. Um, there was a picture that I shared from the investigation I went on with Keith Age a few weeks back um, about a, a shot that I captured in the Henry Clay. <clears throat> so I was talking with Keith the other day, and he was he had an opportunity to talk to someone who worked at the Henry Clay back when it was operational like 30s and 40s and 50s <clears throat> and um, so in the process of conversation Keith sent this guy uh, via his his daughter uh, my picture that I had snapped mm-hmm. and, and this guy looks at it he's like oh it's Jason like Jason you know, Voorhees? Like, no like, like you know it's a little boy named Jason who fell off the, uh, the roller rink there in uh and like back in the 1930s, he was like six years old. So, th- so the guy's looking at him, he's like, but he, then he then he goes, why is your picture in color? <laughs> so, I mean, he, he, to him, it looked like it was just a picture of this kid, of this kid standing there. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's <laughs> I love that more and more stuff just keeps coming out about your trip with Keith. I know. So I just thought that was really cool. It's like not only did I snap a really good ghost shot that's like not just uh what's that thing called when you think you see faces but anyways yeah yeah um it's not just that like it's you can make out other detail but now you've got you know an un a third party that's validating that it's yeah and just so. thinks he's looking at a picture of the kid crazy man whoo man well anyways so, josh yeah, that's all i want to move on man because i want to get to our interview here with uh author trey hudson author of the book the meadow project explorations into the south skinwalker ranch so please stick around we will be right back
Hey there, Blanket Huggers. Stefan here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Got some good news for you. If you want to join in on the investigation of the mystery of the recent emails from the man claiming to be Terry Rist to Josh and myself, a.k.a. the Spooky Crew, uh, and his advice on where to look for more high strangeness, uh, or if you simply want to become a patron blanket hugger for some cool swag and behind-the-scenes goodness, Go ahead and join our Patreon at fearscapepodcast.com slash support or patreon.com slash fearscapepod. There you can get risk watch access to the Terry emails themselves, the WhatsApp conversation about it all with Josh, Stefan, Santosh, and Olaf Phillips, and even any clues that are new that we have found in other Fearscape-related bonus content. You can even help out and add anything that you have found to help us dive deeper into the mystery. And remember, you can also just be a normal blanket hugger, as there are a few non-wristwatch tiers for patrons not interested in Terry Wrist and that journey. You'll still have access to bonus interviews, articles, and live Patreon-only Q&As, as well as early access and discounted tickets to events put on by Fearscapes, such as psychic events, tarot readings, etc. Or you can simply support however you feel comfortable, with tiers as low as $1. So join today! Fearscape Media Network is your new home for everything weird and enlightening, Check out podcasts and YouTube shows covering content from discussions on horror films to the paranormal to meditation. Find out more at fearscapemedia.com. And thank you guys so much for sticking around here on Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. As promised, we are here with author Trey Hudson, uh, author of the Meadow Project Explorations into the South Skinwalker Ranch. Hello, Trey. How are you tonight, sir? I am wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely, man. Uh, You know, anytime I talk to a person with Hudson, that's my wife's maiden name. I'm always like, you're just a cousin, regardless if you are or not. So hello, family. (laughs) Well, Howdy, howdy. (laughs) <laughs> well, and, you know, she she's from Kentucky. You're in Georgia. You know, there there probably is some chance of familiar relationship there. So, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. The Hudsons are uh, the area that my family's from. You can't sling a dead cat without hitting a Hudson. <laughs> There's a, a lot of a lot of slinging of dead cats happening. A lot of slinging of dead cats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, her dad alone. I think she. I think he is one of ten kids or something yeah. crazy like that. So. That's like my uh, one of my wife's side is the Newtons, and so there's a lot of Newtons uh, in Kentucky. So yeah, um, not not related to Isaac Newton that I can find, uh, unfortunately. So, anyways, so uh, I ramble on a little bit. So Trey, um, the Skinwalker Ranch of the South that is uh, a significant claim. A bold claim, yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know if you wanted to just take uh, I don't know take a first little couple minutes here and just kind of talk about um you know a, a highlight if you will of some of the things that have happened to you or that you're aware of that kind of leads you to make that claim of the skinwalker range of the south oh excellent question and and quite frankly a fair question that is a bold claim and i don't make that claim lightly you know that that moniker is not something that is uh, just thrown about willy-nilly 
Uh, we, we started researching this area, and uh, the only thing as far as the location I will give is it is in the America's Southland. The reason I do that is I don't want it to become a mecca for thrill seekers and stuff like, you know, the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah right, and some of these right. other sites. You know, I, you know, I want to try to keep it pristine. But since we've been researching the site and we started really researching it in earnest, uh, starting back in 2016, so this is an ongoing project, mm-hmm. and uh, we've experienced. Uh, entities that we've picked up on our FLIR portals. Uh, we actually have film footage of some of our team members disappearing into what, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to use that label, a portal. You know, they, they disappear mm-hmm. off of our equipment uh, and we have this on film. As far as I know, that's the only film uh, evidence or film uh, mm-hmm. recording of that actually happening. Uh, we have had uh, disembodied voices. We've had UFOs. Uh, we've had cryptids. We've had flashes, uh, strange lights in the forest. We've had orbs. Uh, let's see what uh, we've had: electrical equipment malfunction. We've had vehicles turning on and off. We've had missing time. Wow. Uh, we've had so uh, yeah, UAP. and just like the Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. all sorts of an epicenter for all things paranormal. So are, are you absolutely? Are, are you aware? Because because we've recently found this in um, talking with uh, some friends who uh, do a podcast about an area in Kentucky called the Penny Royal, uh, as well as talking with um, Stefan. You're gonna I, what is the guy's name in Hudson Valley? You're it gets me every time. It gets me every time. Mark Tantonio. Thank you. Mark By the Antonio. way, Trey, this man claims to have a photographic memory, but can't remember Mark's name to save his life. <laughs> so wait, wait, no. what? Yeah, what? What are y'all y'all's names again? Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, Mark Antonio. But one of the things that we really you know, we look at these kind of high strangeness places is what is the geography like. Uh, and I know you don't want to give away too much about no. where it is, but just, you know, what's the geography like down there? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, imagine a, a uh, you know, the America Southland, our prominent mountain range, you know, in this part of the country is, of course, the Appalachians. Mm-hmm. So imagine, you know, the rolling mountainous, you know, Appalachian uh, mountain chain. Yeah. And imagine a mountain meadow, you know, a, uh, a pristine, blue colic, picturesque, field or meadow, you know, in this mountainous rolling terrain, very, very beautiful, very pristine mm. somewhere, you know, uh, you would want to take your family as a picnic. It's mm-hmm. remote. Uh, there are no roads going to it. You actually have to hike into it. So we have to, you know, schlep all of our gear, ruck all of our gear in, you know, okay. when we go to research. Uh, so it's just a very beautiful place, a very, uh, very quiet, uh, very peaceful setting. Uh, but, you know, once again, like so many things in life, once you peel away that thin veneer, that one millimeter of normalcy, sometimes there's very remarkable things waiting right there mm-hmm. under the surface. Well, you know, it's really interesting because you, you know, you talk about the Appalachian Mountains and we, we have talked about some of the strange things that we have encountered ourselves uh, in the Appalachian Mountains, um, as well as uh, some things that some friends of ours have encountered, you know, yeah. Stefan, uh, had you know when you were out with santosh that time with the drums mm-hmm. uh that was in the appalachian mountains that you were hearing drumming yeah. off in the distance and stuff and um you know w- again we've had friends that have had uh, sasquatch encounters and things like that oh, in the appalachian oh, yeah. mountains so, so and there's just something really interesting about the appalachian mountains that the fact that they're the oldest mountain range on the planet um you know they stretch all the way from uh georgia all the way or not 
yeah, George all the way up into the UK. I mean, it actually goes across the Atlantic and into the UK. So I mean, it's just, it's an amazing ancient part of the world and the landscape. And so, yeah, who knows what actually is happening, you know, up and down the Appalachians all the time. So. Oh, absolutely. It's a, you know, it's, it's a really a neat place, uh, you know, not only from, you know, just a, a point of view of high strangeness, but the history, you know, of the Appalachians, uh, you know, the uh, the First Nations history. And then, you know, you you fast forward to, uh, you know, the, the migration of the Europeans. My family came into the, uh, the Carolinas from Scotland and then immigrated down, you know, south through Georgia and down south. So it's uh, it's an area just full of history. And the neat thing is, is when you take the folkloric overlay, you have the uh, the First Nations folklore, you know, the, the Cherokee, the Creek, mm-hmm. the Red Sticks, things like that. And then you overlay uh, European folklore on top of that, uh, Celtic folklore, you know, the Wee People, the Fae, right. uh, Will of the Wisp, Jack-O-Lantern. And you start seeing a very interesting similarities between a lot of these folklores. And then mm-hmm. so you fast forward into the 21st century and you see this folklore actually living out and manifesting in front of you. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that we've we talk about quite a bit is that um, there are probably when you take uh, the different names of things across the country or even just, you know, in a, in a specific locale, you know, you might have a town that calls uh, uh, Sasquatch, uh, uh, you know, the the, skunk uh, the, the skunk ape. And then you have a town maybe 30 miles away that calls it something else and another town 30 miles from there that calls it something else and so on and so forth. All those different things are looked at, I think, as different cryptids, but in all actuality, they're probably just common local names for the same cryptid. Oh, absolutely. And if you take it even one step further, uh, I started off as a paranormal researcher. That's kind of how I earned my spurs. I studied under William Roll in college, and so that's, you know, that's kind of my background. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'm finding, the more folks I talk to, is... A lot of people are experiencing the same phenomena, except they're labeling it in different ways. A, mm-hmm. a you know, a white entity seen in the woods, a, a paranormal guy would say, well, that's a ghost, obviously. Mm-hmm. A, a uh, cryptid researcher would say, well, that's a Bigfoot. A ufologist would say, well, that's that's an entity or a gray. And they're looking at the same thing. So uh, we're trying to, you know, in our research, trying to be very careful about sticking labels on things and yeah. just describe what we see same yeah we we run across that a lot and we believe a lot of that too then most of the paranormal events out there and paranormal things are far more uh connected related or uh misidentified as one or the other when they could be the same thing then we realize that there's more connection out there than we all think and the the more that we start to start thinking that way i think we're going to clear some things up yeah that's been my experience absolutely yeah, well, you know, and kind of taking on from that, you know, we, we talked about it before with uh, 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 the infield haunting, I think. Nope, I say the wrong one every time, Stefan. Not the infield haunting, the uh, no, it was the infield haunting. So the infield haunting over in the UK, um, where the, the repulsory grace activity, um, they uh, so there's a big, you know, that story is what very well known. Uh, the infield uh, haunting, infield poltergeist. But in my research and looking in to cover that particular topic, um, just 30 miles uh, to the west of that location at the same time was a UFO flap. Right. And so, so then we really started thinking, you know, um, 
you know, what if you, you know, have people, I'm sure people have, but what if you'd look at big haunting activities like that, right? Poltergeist or demonic possession or whatever. um, And then look at, were there any UFO sightings that happened close by or in, you know, in, you know, leading up to or post that experience where there are Sasquatch sightings, where there are dog man sightings, so on and so forth to really start to paint, I think a full picture of are these things happening uh, because of one another? Um, you know, you know, do, are you seeing more Sasquatch because there's a UFO in the area? Uh, somehow, it, you know, it's casting in a different, anomaly or an electromagnetic field or something that's allowing you to see things that you normally are just blind to, you know, just, just again, some of the things that we're kind of thinking about and toying around with and interested your thoughts on. No, I think you're spot on. Uh, I, I come from a, uh, was originally years ago, an army intelligence officer, you know, we were trained to do analysis of, you know, military type things. And uh, back in the olden days, and I'm going to, during the Cold War, I'm going to tell you my age, uh, you know, we would do maps with uh, uh, acetate overlays, you know, big clear plastic overlays. Mm-hmm. So if we take that same kind of thing and we put an overlay over a map, a geographical area, and we're going to put brown dots every time, everywhere where there's a Sasquatch sighting. Mm-hmm. And then we take a new overlay, overlay B, and we put blue dots wherever there's a UFO sighting. And we take overlay C and we take uh, yellow dots and we put wherever there's a ghost sighting and we take all three overlays, index them together, and you're going to find clusters of high strangeness. And those are the spots to research. And the cool thing is the way I found this particular spot was tracking the folklore. Hmm. You know, looking back, all the way back to the folklore of the First Nations and bringing it forward, and you started to see clusters in this this area where we're researching of Sasquatch, UFOs, ghost stories, uh, you know, folkloric hauntings and things like that. And it all just, you know, it's it, the stuff is just right there, right for the taking. And it leads to some truly fascinating research and findings. Well, and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Arabia Mountain in uh, DeKalb County. It's where Alan Greenfield um, and some others did some magical workings up there because of the, the, the lore that they had already heard about that. And that's the Penny Royal guys, Josh, actually just went down there as well and went up to that, um, the peak of the mountain there. There's a um, kind of a flat surface there and they, they were able to kind of be in that same spot where that magical working happened due to the sightings and everything over the years there. So they're all, you know, George is a hotbed. (laughs) <laughs> That's very uh, quite interesting. I grew up in Gwinnett County, right on the line of DeKalb County uh, in the uh, Norcross area. There so, you go. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was just curious when when y'all are going out, you're doing your investigations. Of course, you're, you know you're trying to figure out you know what's going on here in this area uh, from a paranormal supernatural perspective. <laughs> but are you also looking for? Um, what I'll say is more common sciencey things. You know, so what is do we do you have electromagnetic spikes uh do you yes. have spikes in radiation so on and so forth absolutely great question uh, i have a i have a foot in both camps i'm a i try to be a science guy that's kind of based on my uh, military background and my uh, working for the government and i also have a experiential 
type background because I have a humanistic uh, psychology degree from uh, West Georgia there in Carrollton, Georgia. And so the answer to that question is yes to both of those. Uh, we go out and we pay particular attention to the experiential nature of the event. How does it make people feel? How, what did they experience? How did it change them? But the other side of the same coin is we go out there with our equipment and trained you should mention radiation because what we are seeing is spikes of like little micro spikes of radiation when we have some of these events of high strangeness. Background radiation in that area is about 0 0.06 microsieverts per hour, not much. But when these weird events happen, we've had spikes all the way up to 0.66 microsieverts per hour. Wow. And this is, this is where it gets cool. We've tried the Estes method uh, in the meadow. And whenever the entity was actually responding through the Estes session, our uh, Geiger counters would spike from 0 0.06 to 0 0.12. So there's some these little tiny micro spikes of radiation. Which yeah, we kind of had a similar experience last time we did an Estes session, Josh. Remember the um, yeah the EMF detector was uh, was spiking yeah. as we were doing uh, Estes. So we also we also had a weird thing where uh, it was a kind of like a cloudy sky, uh, but every time we would sit down to do an Estes session, the clouds would dissipate, and then mm -hmm. like the fog would let up, the clouds would go away. We would finish up an Estes session; it would all roll back in. We'd roll start another in. one. And it would come, it would just again dissipate again. So it was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. If you think about you know, doing the SD session outside, you know, your receiver is not unlike the same, uh, you know, theta, you know, wave state right. of uh, people when they're doing the CE5 protocol of Dr. Stephen Greer, yeah. except they're doing it for UFOs. It's the same thing. <laughs> Agreed. Well, I mean, what makes you think you're not doing the same thing, you know, from a, yeah. you know, they're, they're talking to ufos you think you're talking to something but who knows maybe you're both talking to the same thing so uh, yeah yeah that's been our experience and what we do is we have you know people with uh you know uh cryptid research backgrounds mm -hmm. you know i've kind of started off as a paranormal guy i've i've learned to become a mufon field investigator so we just go out there with like this big toolbox with all these different yeah. tools in it and we're not afraid to pull out you know a, a, a sprocket you know, or, or a socket wrench and try it to see if it works. Same. Yeah. We do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Very much science is absolutely needed in the field at all times, in my opinion, because, you know, not to disprove, uh, but to just check. Reinforce. I mean, yeah, to reinforce or, or I mean, disprove. I mean, we're always looking because I want to make sure if I'm scared by something, I need to know whether or not I should actually be scared of something, you know, like I want proof that I should run just like I want proof of like, say a God or something like that for the same reason. Well, sure. God gave us brains to think with, and he gave us curiosity to be inquisitive and it would be a shame not to use them. Yep. yep. Um, so <clears throat> we, we've talked a little bit about uh, the Valley um, kind of some of the methods and techniques that you use, a little bit about your, your background. Um, but what was the, uh, what, what is, what was the defining experience or did you have a defining experience and said, you know what, I'm going to write about this meadow in Georgia. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually a culmination of experiences. Like I said, we, we've been researching it since uh, 2016 and we're going out at the end of this month. So it's a, it's an ongoing process. But probably the apex, you know, the, the, the pinnacle, the Mount Everest of experiences would have to be uh, what 
and I'm just going to use the term portal because it's a convenient term and people kind of understand it. Uh, we uh, had been doing a lot of research uh, in the area. Uh, on a previous outing, we had had one of our uh, members experience missing time. Uh, he was observed uh, through FLIR equipment uh, turning into a, uh, a round sphere-shaped heat signature and moving several hundred meters in a few seconds mm. and then turning back into a man-shaped heat signature. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it was, you know, this place was, you know, rocking, rocking and popping and we continued our investigations. And uh, in 2017, uh, we went back out with a field, uh, with a, uh, several field teams and had uh, several groups set up with our uh, FLIR and night vision and things like that. And uh, I received a call on the radio that one of my uh, field teams was seeing what they described as a cube or a box manifesting on their FLIR. Now, of course, you all know FLIR shows uh, differences in temperature. Yeah, right. So uh, where else do we see differences in temperature? Well, you see that in hauntings. So right. they're seeing a change of temperature, but in the shape of a cube. Where else have we seen cubes? We've seen them at Skinwalker Ranch. Yep. We've seen them at the uh, the mysterious ranch in Colorado that Katie Grabowski talks about. You've had them in Brazil during their UFO flap. Yep. So there, just boxes. recently, I just saw there was another huge um, uh, cubed UFO sighting. I wish I could remember where it was at. They had some film of it and everything. And then my sister... Uh, recently just sent Josh and I some yeah. uh, picture that they saw of this red light in the sky that was moving. They couldn't figure out what it was. It was moving in strange directions. She took a picture and kept zooming in and it was itself was a cube as well. And so we were right. like, whoa. <laughs> so it's weird. It's just weird how synchronicity, like how that stuff just yeah. pops back yeah, up so and you're not thinking about it. Yeah. So there's something about these cubes. So here, here we were, one was manifesting in front of us mm -hmm. and by the time my uh, FLIR operator, he was able to hit record on his equipment. Of course, you all know you run the battery down if you record all the time. So yeah. <laughs> by the time he, you know, about the time he hit record on his uh, FLIR, it started to dissipate, but you could still see a very faint outline. So he called us over and he said, you know, this is, this is what I see, you know, look, th look through my equipment, you know, look through your equipment and you kind of see what I'm talking about. And it's like, okay, uh, let's dispatch a team over there to see if, the environment has changed any let's do you know let's do some good solid research mm -hmm. so we dis we dispatched a team and we're watching them through the FLIR we're recording and uh this like I said this was in the winter time no vegetation you can actually visually see through the vegetation to another ridge across from the meadow it's you know, that sparse yeah so as our as our team approached the remnants of this cube they completely disappeared off of our FLIR equipment poof they're gone <sighs> And uh, then they came back out and they reappeared. And we did a uh, after action uh, review, uh, you know, a debrief yeah. using the cogn cognitive interviewing process technique. And my team described, described it as thus. They said, when they went into this area, they went in there unimpeded. There were no brambles, no briars, no stickers, branches, anything like that. They just smoothly walked into this area and when they got there the temperature was colder which you know it ties right into what we were seeing on our yep. fear equipment mm -hmm. a, a difference in temperature and they said that it was very dark it was like they were surrounded by a heavy black velvet curtain you know very very dark you know light didn't really seem to to work in there like it usually does and so they stayed in there a little bit you know 
recording their uh, you know their findings. And when they came back out, they encountered the brambles and the briars and the bushes and stuff that weren't there before. So something happened while they were in that area, in that little tiny micro footprint. It has shifted just a little bit. You know where mm-hmm. where they were, there were no stickers and briars and stuff like that but when they came out this stuff had returned back to its normal surroundings so uh you know that's uh you know quite frankly that's kind of hard to top uh so that's that's probably the apex of high strangeness (laughs) we've had out there and i guess that's the kind of the neat thing is that you know it's it almost seems like it's almost like clockwork you guys are able to go out there and stuff's happening which you know is reason to be able to kind of give it that moniker of the South Skinwalker Ranch because that's the thing. Everybody that goes out there has an experience, and it seems like that's uh, that's the thing there too. And it's just it just makes you wonder like what's so special about that spot. Well, I mean, obviously you can't call it Skinwalker Ranch because it's not a ranch, but you could call it the Mystic <laughs> yeah. Meadow, the Mystic, <laughs> the Mysterious Meadow, yeah. the Meadow of Mystery, Meadow of Mystery, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's one of those roadside attractions where, you know, falls <laughs> roll uphill and, you know, right. yes, one, 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 yeah, one girl looks little and one girl looks big, but they change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come see the world's <laughs> biggest donut, you know. That's right. <laughs> and ball of yarn. Ball of yarn. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Exit through the gift shop, you know. Right. Exactly. Where you can pick up your own ball of yarn for just $8.99. <laughs> So right. what uh, and what is it that you know got you into all of this? I mean, you know, we always love to ask. Everyone has such unique stories, and not just necessarily the mystery meadow there, <laughs> but just in general, like what drew oh. you to the paranormal? What's uh, your origin story? Yeah, what's your origin oh, yeah. story? Well, the, the house I grew up in grew up in had uh, a lot of lead paint on the baseboard. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no. You're like, it's delicious so, uh, on cereal. You know, I, yeah, that's right. But wait, there's more. Uh, no, uh, I was a child of the 70s. Uh, and back in the 70s, there was a, a fantastic TV show, and you all are probably uh, you know, intimately aware of it, called In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. We just yeah. talked about that a couple episodes yeah. ago. I think yeah. with Mark D'Antonio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. It's a great and, show. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It, and it, it was, uh, and I actually have the yeah, entire series on DVD, and my wife, you know, you begrudgingly sits through me watching these you know, old 1970s paranormal things. I love but, it. But, uh, but it was, uh, you know, it was really cool, you know, and I was, you know, a young, young kid, you know, 11, 12 years old, and I'm watching this stuff, and I'm like, wow, this is friggin' cool, you know, this is amazing stuff. And uh, at that time, my dad uh, was a contractor, uh, and he would build uh, projects all over the U.S., and he traveled at night from project to project. And he heard a radio show uh, one night with an author on it, and the author was a man by the name of Brad Steiger, who ah, I'm sure you're I know, Yes, you're from, I love Brad Steiger. And uh, he was, uh, you know, talking about his new book back then called The uh, Gods of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. And my, my dad bought this book and read it. And, you know, he had an interest in this kind of things. And uh, so after he was done, I read this book. And, you know, Brad Steiger talked about kind of in the same, you know, like vein we were talking about. He talked about yeah. you know, cryptids and UFOs and, mm-hmm. you know, Marian apparitions and all of this kind of through the same lens. Yeah. So uh, it really got me interested in it. Uh, you know, so turn the page, uh, you know, more UFO shows started coming out in the 70s and early 80s. And, I, you know, I kind of was digging that, kind of liking it. You know, it was the 70s. I thought it was groovy to use a little 70s term there. <laughs> and uh, 
Then I went off to university and I studied under folks like Bill Roll, the famous parapsychologist, which was, you know, kind of neat. And, uh, you know, got into that and always had a very, you know, healthy interest in this stuff. And then, my God, life came screaming down, you know, like a bird of doom. And all the fun got sucked out of everything. And I had to go get a J-O-B. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I wasn't able to cultivate my uh, my interest in this stuff. And in 2007, now 2008, let me correct myself, uh, I decided to start rekindling my interest in it. And there was a local paranormal group called the Oxford Paranormal Society, which is a TAPS family member. And I applied to be an investigator and they, for whatever reason, they must have had a really dull night. They accepted me, <laughs> and and the uh, you know they needed someone to get coffee and to you know scrape the mud off of their shoes, I <laughs> right. suppose, and, and listen uh, to all the audio recordings. Uh, yeah, yeah. I sit there. You know, was that a class A? No, that's a class you know D E V P. Oh well, okay. <laughs> uh, so you know, I was that guy. But uh, like happens a lot of times, uh, the the founders, you know, their interest took them elsewhere. So, uh, you know, there was this established paranormal research group that was started in 2006. And they said, Trey, would you like this group? Would you like to become the director? We're going to step out of it. So I was given this research group and uh, we that was under the auspice of the Oxford Paranormal Society that we first started researching the meadow in that that area, which the whole area is weird. And we found that it was just really strange. You know, it wasn't your typical you go into a haunted house and sit there at night with your, you know, your tri-field meter and your, your yeah. you know, digital voice recorder. You know, it was more than that. And it required uh, a little bit more hardness of the researchers because we would have to pack our gear out there. We'd have yeah. to stay in the woods over the weekend. And things got really damn strange real quick. Mm. And we needed people that could keep their uh, all their poop in one sock, to sort of speak. <laughs> all the all their faculties <laughs> while you're out there. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, so what I did is I recruited uh, folks I knew from uh, military, law enforcement, special operations, uh, emergency medicine. So these are all people that are really used to being in dicey situations and keeping their wits about them. Mm-hmm. So uh, we formed a division of ops ops called the anomalous studies and observation group asog and they're kind of like the uh, the green berets of uh, the paranormal world they're the, the guys and gals that will you know put a pack on their back with all their equipment hike seven miles into a remote location right. spend the weekend out there uh have strange weird stuff hopping and popping all around them and not lose their stuff you know kind of keep focused mm-hmm. on mission maintain discipline and we use a uh, you know we're not a militaristic group, you know, it's not like that, but we use a lot of the same command and control that the military uses. You know, we have radio yeah. call signs and, you know, very strict chain of command and things like that to keep things uh, organized and, and moving. Yeah. So that's that's k- kind of, uh, you know, how I started and kind of what we've evolved into. Very cool. So um, you've mentioned a couple of times that you've gotten a lot of things on video. Mm-hmm. Is that because there's a doc coming or a TV show or YouTube show or? I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm just wondering when I'm going to be able to see some of this footage. Uh, 
let's just say there are certain contractual reasons that I'm not going to go into that I okay. am not at liber liberty to release the video quite yet. Now I have, I was at the uh, Laughlin uh, Mega UFO Conference and I do have a lecture I do where I show these videos. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm not at the point where I want to put it out there to the entire whole wide world. Gotcha. And there, there, there are other reasons for that. Okay. Uh, and hopefully, I'm just going to say hopefully that it will be released in a medium where many many people can see it all right well as, as long as it's coming i, I can i can accept <laughs> i can accept coming soon as long as coming yeah. soon is not never so yeah um so we always like to uh i just want to take a, a step back and you know we, we've talked about uh pretty much the gambit of what i will say is uh supernatural paranormal type stuff we always like to ask people um a kind of an off the wall question you know you you are like us into probably just about everything as it pertains to that topic but uh we have not had one particular conversation yet and that is around uh psychics or mediums and i'm just curious what your thoughts are on let's say uh psychically gifted people that is a great question uh it so happens that many people in my team myself included are formally trained remote viewers oh. using uh, tra trained uh using the uh, coordinate remote viewing technique yeah. which was developed wow. by the u.s army INSCOM and the defense intelligence agency so here's here's my answer to that <laughs> is human beings i know for a fact are multi-dimensional creatures we all have the ability to exploit and tap into that multi-dimensional nature of our being. That is what remote viewing is. It's a way of training yourself into tapping into that at will. Uh, I know that it works because I've done it. Uh, people that have any questions about it, all they need to do is tap into some of the uh, declassified defense intelligence agency, yep. U.S. Army Intelligence and Security Command. Uh, and CIA documents, as well as some of the documents from the uh, the highly respected Stanford Research Institute. Tons of data on remote viewing, and you know any logical, open-minded, and scientific person would look at these these uh, these documents and this information and say, yes, that's real. It's quantifiable. It can be empirically measured, and it is in fact, uh, you know, it, it is a fact. It does exist. And uh, certain people, I think, have a easier time of getting into that mental state to tap into that multidimensional nature of themselves. We call, you know, people call them psychics. Uh, I am about as psychic as a banana slug, but yet I was trained, you know, through a very rigid uh, protocol to do remote viewing. So, you yeah. know, anybody can do it. You just have to put the time into it. Not like uh, anybody can cook. Some people, though, are just really good at it all the time. Right. Some people burn water, but you know, yeah. grandmother. <laughs> she was known to burn water. <laughs> <laughs> Steph is really good at cooking a bowl of cereal. But. No way, I'm good at cooking, man. Um, but yeah, that's what we always say that you know, I, I I always feel that way that anyone is capable of this stuff. It's 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 just yeah. a matter of learning how. But yeah, some people are just naturally you know able to do so i mean it just well, they have an easier time getting to it so so i'm gonna go i'm gonna pull out the remote viewing threat thread a little bit because i'm okay. i'm very interested in it i i have done a, a little bit of research into it myself um as stefan will tell you i i 
like to dabble in a lot of different things and, and commit to none of them. Uh, <clears throat> but <laughs> so one of the things I'm curious about is, um, you know, there's some people who have supposedly remote viewed Mars. And yes. so I'm, I'm curious, you know, are, are you limited? I'm trying to think how to put the question together. Are you limited by your imagination? Which sounds like you're imagining it, but that's not what I mean. But are you are you limited as to what you can remote view by what you can... What you have seen. What you have seen, or can you remote view anything? Uh, pretty much the answer to all your questions are yes. And that, that sounds like a really weird answer, but I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Is in, in remote viewing... Uh, let, let's let's step back into quantum science, okay? Uh, you know, there are certain quantum theories that everything is attached to everything else, okay? That's how you have spooky action at a distance or quantum entanglement. Things are connected to one another mm-hmm. through a multi or an extra dimensional tie or string, if you will. You know, it's, it's outside of our Euclidean understanding of the universe. So everything that ever was, is, or will being exist in a quantum state right now. And what remote viewing does is it, it, it allows you to open up a pinhole through that liminal veil into that information, into that quantum state and pull data from it. Now, it can be data on a person. It can be data on a place. Uh, the U.S. Army Intelligence was using it to uh, do remote viewing of uh, military targets. Uh, you can look at events. You can look at people. So anything that was, is, or will be is capable of being remote viewed. So you said was. And you can go back and look at past events? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Josh is like, I lost a hundred dollars um, about a year ago. <laughs> no, um, but I am. I mean, it's just uh, Stefan. You know, I mean, it kind of goes along with some of the other stuff that we have uh, going on right now with uh, the person who's emailing us. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just and it's. I'll just message Stefan to tell him because you're like the uh, I don't know fifth person that we've had on the show of recent guests where the conversation has gone to quantum entanglement. It's almost like the universe yeah. is saying you need to read about quantum entanglement. So yeah, um, it's just really interesting. Uh, it, it makes my brain hurt a little bit, but, uh, but it's really interesting. Um, so um, I, I think, and I don't, I want to be cognizant of time um, and, and your time. And I, and I really do appreciate you uh, coming on tonight, but I want to give the opportunity um, how can people, we know you've got the one book, uh, that we talked about as part of the show, the, the, the uh, the, about the Meadows book, the Meadow how, project, Meadow project. Thank you. Uh, how can people find information about you, about what you've got going on? Uh, keep tabs on you to know when you're going to release that documentary that you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, pr- probably the best place to find me is behind the rat infested back alley of your local liquor store. No, I'm kidding. That's not weird. <laughs> hey, not, I thought is, you looked familiar. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Buddy, can you spare a dime? No, uh, <laughs> uh, probably the best way is on Facebook when it's up and not crashing uh, is yeah a little stab at uh, Zuckerberg there but uh, no on Facebook if you go to Trey Hudson dash author that's uh, my Facebook page uh, and the Oxford Paranormal Society has a group page Uh, 
the uh, the book, of course, is you know out there on Amazon, and we've got it in all the you know the myriad formats: ebook, hardback, softback, and uh, audiobook. So it, you know it's out there for the taking. Do you have the uh, and, Do you uh, have the Osmosis Edition where I can just sleep with it on my pillow? You know, just absorb into my brain. No, we 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 have the Matrix Edition. All you okay. have to do is take the red pill that. Uh, Amazon will send you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> next day, if you have Prime. That's right. That's right. Well, not lately. They'll say no, it's no, next no. day, but it's still no, no. five days later. But yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, let's. And so, and sorry, I, I'm going to cut you off. Was there anything else for people to look for you? Uh, no, I, you know, I'm this, this ongoing project. Uh, you know, uh, I will, I keep people updated. Uh, you know, as things, uh, yeah. you know, evolve and I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping to be able to put something out there soon. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, a fickle world out there in this particular area where this project is working. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see how that manifests. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Trey, we absolutely appreciate you taking your time and, uh, letting us know what's going on down South, man. I, I know we're interested to see what information comes out to see all the stuff you've got going on uh because i mean just the title alone grabbed me so you know (laughs) i'm interested as as us being southern boys like we are very we know how creepy the south can be so (laughs) in a paranormal way it's creepy (laughs) in other ways as well but strictly paranormal (laughs) paranormal that's what i speak about uh but thank you so much trey hudson uh author uh, of the Meadow Project Explorations into the South Skinwalker Ranch. Make sure you guys get a copy ASAP uh, because it is going to be well worth your time. Thank you again, Trey, and uh, we'd love to have you back anytime. Thank you, guys, and you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much, Trey Hudson, uh, author, um, paranormal investigator, uh, all-around good dude. Yeah, I mean, I would, <laughs> I would classify him as a... Uh... As a Fortean. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. A Fortean investigator. Once again, I'm going to say it for the 30th time, but get out there. Amazon.com. Look up the Meadow Project Explorations into the South's Skinwalker Ranch. Great book. Very reasonably priced. Um, Check it out. And, um, you know, you, you don't. I mean, this dude's great. Just talking to him, you heard. I mean, there's a lot of really there's cool a lot of stuff, stuff going, going on. on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you, you don't want to. You just don't want to miss out on this. I, I am so anxious to see what happens with all of this because usually projects like this, especially hearing him say, we've been doing this for a number of years now. Yeah. How much stuff does this dude I, got? You know, know he's got a ton of stuff. And, you know, you don't want to give away everything in the book. You don't want to give away everything that you're going to try to release later. But, ooh, yeah. ooh. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm... I'm looking forward to, you know, whatever might be coming at Mystic Meadows or whatever, you know, whatever it's <laughs> to, to, to the side, the side road project. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, man, I'm like, yeah, I can see Mystic Meadows on the Route 66 along the way, heading out to Phoenix to see me, you know, be like, hey, that's copyrighted. It's already somewhere in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. M- Mystic Meadows also sounds like it could be a pot farm. Uh, it, yeah, that or like a companion series to Twin Peaks. <laughs> when you say companion, I didn't know where you were going. And for a split second, my mind was like, what do dogs have to do with Mystic? Like, oh, see, I go Doctor Who and I think companion. But anyways, again, anyways. Meadow Project by Trey Hudson. Check it out. 
All right. Just a reminder, before we get to our final segment, we have an amazing app for the Fearscape Media Network. Uh, you can download that on the Google Play Store. You can get access to all the great shows, Mistress of the Dark, Ghost in the Attic, Bodies in the Basement, uh, Memories of Cain, uh, all, all of them. There's such amazing stuff. We are also opening submissions. Again, I think I mentioned this last week as well. We are looking to add uh, some new podcasts. We have had a really great response to the um, group that we have now, and we'd love to see more. Uh, so if you've got a great podcast idea, you've been thinking about hosting a podcast, or in fact, you've got one uh, that you're interested in getting a little more exposure, let us know uh, and see yeah. if we could join the, the network. There's a number and of ways to get to us. I mean, Fearscape Podcast uh, at gmail.com or Fearscape Media at gmail.com. And I'll just, you know, for those who may be shy and aware from where, like a network, because there are some networks that are very, how should I put this, uh, demanding. Shady. Yeah, well, shady is a good word, too, but, de- but demanding, you know, they, they require you to do certain things and host certain places and all that kind of stuff. That's not us. So no. even if you, a collective. Yeah, or a community is probably a good. Yeah, good one thing. of the great things about the Fearscape Media Network is how we just all support each other. Um we talk about each other's shows all the time, share commercials, and uh, we're just a great big support yeah. network, kind of. Um, so, know, I mean, headed if, up you, by us. if you've considered a network in the past but been turned off by the other networks that are out there, give us a shot. You, yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Too. Please do. And we met some cool folks at the uh, Paranormal Con this uh, two weeks ago. And uh, hopefully we're going to grab one or two of them for the network as well. Some interesting stuff. But, I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to be paranormal. It could be horror. It could be pop culture. Uh, it can be really anything. Um, you know, uh, it, yeah. we just. You could have a meditation podcast. We'll be interested. Anything. Yeah, Santosh, kind of- you can have a meditation podcast. <laughs> um, just calling out my friend. Uh, calling out my friend. Um, but yeah, anyways, done with that. But yeah, you can email us. Hit us up on the social medias at Fearscape Pod uh, anywhere. Call us. If you see me walking down the street, be like, yo, Stefan, I got a podcast. And I'm going to go, not again. (laughs) Um, But yeah, check that out. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention, um, I think my brain just stopped, Josh. (laughs) So I've been, you can tell I got a cold. So. Um, well, I don't, brain just stopped. I, I, I don't remember the other, oh, you know, rate and review. Oh, uh, uh, make sure you go to our store. Uh, store, <laughs> yeah. Fearscapepodcast.com slash store. Uh, there's some really cool stuff. Jersey Devil's got a couple t-shirts on there now. Uh, really cool stuff. There's some cool shirts for some of the other podcasts as well. Um, it's just another great way to help support us. Uh, and, and just some really fun designs. We think up stuff and we just throw it on there sometimes. Yep. It's a lot of fun. So stickers. If, I mean, there's all kinds of fun stuff. If only we could draw, we could come up with so much amazing Oh, my stuff. God. And like trying to just, you know, like lock Santosh into a room and forcing him yeah. to draw. Like he gets mad at me. So, like, I mean, I mean if, boy, you got that Jersey Devil one together. It's nice. If, that could, if that's like one skill I could download from the Matrix, like it would be the ability to draw really well. Amen. Yeah. For sure. Uh, anyways, let's get out of here before we get people like, well, oh, look at that soapbox they're on. <laughs> no. One more thing. Uh, for anybody who's able to make it out, uh, I will be at Wild and Weird Con in West Virginia out there with uh, Joe Purdue and the Wild and Weird Boys. Um, November 6th, I think, is there's there's November 5th. There's a special VIP event if you have happen to have those VIP tickets. Otherwise, November 6th is when the conference is out there. Just go to wildandweirdwestvirginia.com, 
wildandweirdwv.com mm-hmm. and uh and uh, there's a link out there for the con check it uh, out. yeah i believe i believe it's wildandweirdcon.com as well but i'm not 100 percent. but check it out uh, if it takes you to porn i'm sorry that's wayne's fault uh, yeah. but anyways <laughs> uh let's get to our final segment josh because i got a great encounter so let's get two encounters from the fearscape Hey Josh, uh, got an encounter from the Fearscape. Uh, this comes from a, a, a listener uh, named Shiana, and um, this is a, a short but sweet story. But it's it's spooky. <laughs> All right, <laughs> as they it. can be. So check out uh, the story here. Uh, hi, uh, I'm from Ohio, and um, when I was younger. We lived in this trailer and uh, my sisters and myself had a room and there was this huge walk-in closet. And every night when we went to bed, I would hear my sister talking. So I would turn over and she'd be sitting up looking at the closet, having a full on conversation. Then one night I heard who she was talking to and I was confused at first, but I asked his name And he said, My name is Sam. And this is where it gets scary. I remember the chills that I got when I heard his response to my next question. I asked him why he was always in our closet. And he said, My parents shot me and left my dead body in here. So that's my story. (laughs) And it happened about seven years ago. Thanks, you guys. Well, okay, then. (laughs) You can just (laughs) drop some crazy and like scary and then be like, deuces, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So what what really, you know, since we know about uh, trickster entities, Mm -hmm. you know, like, did that legit happen to that entity or what was that you know that thing messing with them yeah i don't know cheyenne if you're listening um on this uh let us know i'd love to know the history there did were yeah. you able to do any research you, um, yeah because i feel like i feel like parents shooting at somebody leaving their their bot that kid you know the person's body in the closet like probably at least made a made a police report yeah well and uh, you may not have been left in the closet but when he died his soul may have been left in the closet so yeah. to speak right because obviously the body's not there well, and he's just trying to come out of the closet. Um, oh, uh, looking here, uh, she did respond. She said, yeah, she did some digging around and found out that the first owners did murder their son. And the body was found in the exact closet in our room. Awesome. So spectacular. There you go. Uh, this, is, this is the kind of stuff to put on a college entrance exam, by the way. Yeah. And oddly enough, she says that the owners that live there now have had no experiences. I'm like, let's mm, go. Sam followed you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, somebody's talking to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyways. Don't want to scare uh, you. Yeah. Uh, welcome to October, right? Uh, send in your <laughs> send in your encounters from the Fearscape to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com or submit a sighting onto our website, fearscapepodcast.com or just hit us up. You know the jam. Um, but we love those stories and we want to share them. Josh, it is time to go, man. It's time to uh, time to uh, blankets up tight around your neck. 
Um, well, your neck and tighter and tighter and tighter to your coffin. Um, I don't know what that you know, is. I, you know, I, I, you know, I saw, saw I work like I wear a CPAP at night, right? When I sleep, and it's got the little like hole in the front for your exhale to make it out so that you don't, you know, die on choke on carbon dioxide poison. So anyways, um, I'm always, but I also get really cold at night. So I always pull the covers up really high on my, like up on my neck, but I'm always worried that I'm going to cover up that little hole and die in my sleep. Oh and, my uh, God. I would freak out too. I never thought about that back when I used to wear my. <laughs> so I was like, when I roll over and I pull the covers up, I always wake up really quick and like check to make sure I can still, <laughs> I can still feel air blowing out of that little hole in, before I go back. <laughs> All right, well, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. My name is Stefan, and it's just a reminder, keep your eyes on the skies. And this has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight, but pull them back away real quick so you don't cover your CPAP hole because <laughs> um, things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support.